Hey everyone, this is Adam Ellenboss from Nightlight Astrology. I hope you all are having a nice week. Today we are going to look at your sun and rising sign horoscopes for the month of December. I have my friend Alex Amorosi who is here. You've probably seen him before come on and break down the astrology of the month ahead. Well, this time he's here to help me work out the horoscopes for the month. I think you guys will really enjoy it. Uh, so that is what we are getting into today. He'll be here in just a second. In the meantime, before we go into your horoscopes today, don't forget to like and subscribe, share your comments, click the notification bell for updates. If you subscribe, you know when we're going live. People have been asking me, how do I know when you go live? You've been doing live streams lately. When you subscribe, click the notification bell. Usually for me, the way it happens is it'll pop up on my phone or my email and I'll get like a notification that'll be like, hey, such and such channel that you follow is live. So that's how it works. In the meantime, a couple of things. Um, we hit 50,000 subscribers this week. A big thank you to everyone for making this community what it is. It's a special place to share astrology, our love of astrology and um, daily spiritual life. And um, as a result, we are, we've added a few special awards to our Kickstarter campaign, which I'll take you to and show you in a moment. Um, we are in the midst of our annual Kickstarter campaign to support the uh, content that I, I create in the year ahead and the team and staff of people around me who are also um, responsible for pushing this content out and making it look nice and getting it distributed everywhere. Uh, so every year we fundraise the last part of the year to support this work and this channel in the year ahead. We Our goal is to reach 1,608 backers by the new year. Right now we're about 350 backers in and we still have over a month to go. Uh, we're off to a pretty good start. And so if you go to the Kickstarter page, the link is in the description of this video or in the comments section of this video. You'll find me, I post a little link there and say, hey, this is where you can donate. When you go over to that Kickstarter link, you can choose a reward. And the rewards are, we try to you know, make sure that when you donate to support the channel, we also give you a thank you gift in the form of say a digital calendar that we make for the year ahead, all the major astrology transits that I'll be looking at on the channel. The astrology of 2023 video where I break down all of the major transits of the year and give you a feeling of what 2023 holds. I don't release that anywhere else. I have a bunch of talks for students of astrology that I don't release anywhere else. I have a year ahead horoscope reading where uh, you can get all of the transits for the year ahead for your sun or rising sign when you donate. So there's a bunch of things like that. Look through them, pick one when you donate. It helps the channel. If you like this channel, if you get something good out of it, you're helping us, you're helping our staff, and you're hopefully getting something cool in return. Uh, one thing that we released as a special and exclusive that I will not have on sale anywhere else after the Kickstarter is a 12-part series that I am doing in the fall of 2023 called The Oracle Speaks. This is an exclusive podcast for people who donate to the Kickstarter. Again, it won't ever be on sale again. Um, and this 12-part series is focused on the uh, claim that astrology is not a science, but a form of divination. What is a form of divination? What kind of knowing or what kind of relationship with the universe does an, an oracle um, uh, consist of? Like, And what what is oracular consciousness? How do you develop a relationship with the oracle? And how is that a key part to how astrology works? There'll be interviews, there'll be client readings, there'll be stories, there'll be uh, history lessons. So it's a really deep dive that I'm doing in order to help people understand why, although it can seem sort of scientific, what astrology is actually a form of divination and what does that mean? So we're going to be looking at that in depth in that series. And hopefully people will find it both fun and thought provoking. And again, only people who donate to the Kickstarter can receive that one. 
And then of course, the best thing that I offer, there's a couple of like readings that I do that are um, like more personalized for your birth chart that you can get. And then all of my classes are on sale. So if you want to attend my Ancient Astrology for the Modern Mystic one-year course or my second-year program or my Horary program or my Readings and Passages program, there are four years worth of certification courses that I teach and then other mini courses that I teach. All of them are available through the Kickstarter for 50% off or more. Um, we even have the four-class bundle uh be, that we did as another way of saying thank you for reaching 50,000 subscribers that makes the four programs almost 75% off. Um, so there's a lot of good deals that you can save on if you want to take my classes, check them out. If you have any questions about any of the classes before you um, donate for any of those bundles, you can always email us info at nightlightastrology.com. So thank you so much to everyone who's already donated. We are well on our way toward our goal. Hope we get there. We know some people can't afford to donate. We appreciate prayers, just good energy in general. So uh, yeah, thank you guys so much. And with that, I am ready to uh, call in my my astrological homeboy, Alex. Hey, Alex. Hey, Adam. <laughs> <laughs> that, I need to put that like as a title somewhere, astrological homeboy. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so Alex, I'm so excited that you're here to not only, I mean, we break down the astrology of the month ahead and that's been really fun, but I was like, yeah. you know what, we're going to do horoscopes this month. How do you feel about that? And your, your game. So. Yeah, I'm psyched. Um, I think it's really fun to take transits and then be able to talk about them within the context of the houses because it really specifies things about what's going on within the, the more like meta ideas of the month. So I'm excited for it. What do you, re what do you usually listen to or look at if you're going to look at a horoscope sun rising? What, what's your preference? I always listen to rising. So I'm a Sag sun with Leo rising. I always listen to Leo. Sometimes I'll listen to Sagittarius too, but I think like once I discovered that the way you construct a horoscope is off of the rising sign, Leo has always made a lot more sense to me. And I've had a lot more luck with clients too when I recommend that to them. It's a yeah. game changer for them and how they listen to it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the main thing is, is that whether you're doing a sun or a rising sign horoscope, horoscopes for people who don't know what Alex was just saying is that, that the horoscope is written with the idea of the sign that you're reading for being placed on the ascendant in whole sign order. So, you know, when you're looking at transits for a cancer sun horoscope, you're putting cancer the sign as the first house. So all of the transits are working through the chart in the houses, according to the whole sign house placement of cancer in the first, the way that that makes the most sense to the, to the actual um, look and position of your birth chart is if you read for your rising sign, because then it'll be a perfect match. Um, so that's why I always tell people, look, if you want the horoscope that will line up with where the planets are actually transiting in your in your birth chart, at least from a whole sign house perspective, which, you know, is the one that I practice and then use your rising sign. And uh, but people can they can listen to their sun sign. But yeah, I just wanted to. So mm -hmm. if, if Alex says it, then people will know that it's not just my soapbox. I'm not just, you know. <laughs> it's Yeah. <laughs> exactly. No, I, I got on that soapbox. So I'm gonna. You have to nudge over a little bit on that soapbox because it's it's definitely. I'm I'm on it too, and and it made a big difference. It actually because I would listen to Sag and I'm like, 
I guess. But then when I started listening to astrologers, I really like do Leo. I'm like, oh yeah, that makes a lot more sense. Yeah. Yeah. That's those, yeah. Uh, most people I think have that experience. You have to, it takes a minute. And also if you're used to looking at things in Placidus houses, that mm -hmm. can also be a little incongruent. Um, if, you know, if you're a whole sign person and you get to understand your birth chart and whole sign, you'll start listening to your rising sign horoscope and never look back. Um, but that's just, you know, that's my opinion. If you want to learn more about Alex, who is an amazing astrologer, healer, um, yoga teacher, check out his Instagram, Alex Amorosi Healing. Um, he also makes really funny and hilarious uh, reels uh, that I love to watch. And you can also find, remember, every time he's been on for the past couple of months, he's been like, I'm working on my website. Well, his website's done. It's called alexamorosi.com. And I'm going to take you to it right now and uh, show you how great he is. So let me uh, share screen and um, here's his website. And I just want you guys to know that if you want a really solid reading from a really heart-centered astrologer, um, Alex is, you know, again, there's a reason that I have him come on every month and I think you guys would really enjoy working with him. So uh, check out his services. You can scroll down and see his astrology services. He's also has intuitive uh, sessions and coaching. Um, of course, I'm biased. I'm like, go get the chart reading because that's what I think he's best at. But I've also <laughs> have never had a psychic reading with Alex. So I, I'm sure you're also excellent at those things. But regardless, this is his website. So I hope you guys will um, check it out. And anything you want to say about that, Alex? No, thanks so much for putting it up. You know, um, the, the intuitive work is what I did first and astrology came next. Um, but uh, I will say as someone who's an astrologer and an intuit, uh, technical things like websites do not come naturally. And that is a lesson I have learned from trying to make my own website. So I <laughs> furiously texted a friend of mine, my friend Ryan, who does this for a living. And I'm like, I need your help, <laughs> please. Right. <laughs> or it looks very nice. Across the room. I mean, Thank you. you know, yeah, it, it came up great. Thank you. It looks nice. And my feeling is like, look, if you can book a reading through the site, that's all you right. really, you know, I tell my students that a little ago, do I need a really crazy website? I'm like, no, you just need to be able to point people right. to where they can book a reading, you know? Yeah, uh, it, was, so. it was simplifying down a lot of things, actually, to just make it a really convenient place for people to come in. Yeah, find out totally. stuff and book stuff. So thank you for putting it up. Yeah, you bet. You ready to get into it? Let's do it. All right. We Alrighty. have three transits that we are going to look at this month. And Alex and I are going to alternate. Um, I'm going to start with Aries. And then Alex is going to take Taurus and we're going to alternate like that and give you our take on three transits of the month for your sun or rising sign. Again, we recommend rising. You could listen to uh, both if you wanted as well. The first one we're going to look at earlier in the month is the full moon that is happening in Gemini, which is conjoined to Mars retrograde. So in a sense, this transit is bringing Mars retrograde to one of its fullest moments of expression. The full moon is carrying that Mars retrograde energy into full blossom. Uh, so we will be looking for that around December 7th. We'll visit that for all 12 signs. The second is Jupiter's return into Aries, which happens December 20th, as it is moving direct out of Pisces, uh, and finally pushing back into Aries where it will stay all the way until May. But that re-entrance makes a splash when it enters a new whole sign house. So we will be looking at Jupiter into Aries. And then last but not least, the third transit we're going to be looking at for all 12 signs is the new moon in Capricorn, which is then followed just after by Mercury turning retrograde in Capricorn, pretty close stellium with Venus and Pluto. So that December 23rd through 30th spread toward the end of the month activates the whole sign house of Capricorn for everyone. So we'll be looking at that for all 12 signs as well. 
So those are the three we're going to be looking at. Let's get into it. All right, I'm going to put the transits up on the chart and we're going to I'm going to we're going to start with Aries. I'll do Aries to start and then we're just going to alternate. Um, so and I'll just I'm actually going to put or put a reminder of each transit up on the screen. So let's look at December 7th. Whoops, I'm in January. I need to go all the way back to the beginning of December. Sorry, guys. Hold on just a second. If you wanted to see behind the scenes of an astrologer, this is it. Clicking back and forth. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> clickety, clickety, <laughs> clickety. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so the full moon right here in Gemini around December 7th, is, if you're an Aries sun or rising, is going to land in your third house. Now, that's obviously opposite the sun, as full moons are always exactly opposite the sun in the ninth house. So this is a house, you know, it's it's really the third and ninth house that's being activated simultaneously. And I like to think uh, right now, because Mars is your ruling planet, that there is a period of thinking about your thoughts that's happening, M you know, meta analysis, or, you know, whether it's something like cognitive behavioral therapy, or it's meditation, or it's just the feedback you're getting from your life and your environment is causing you to rethink the way that you think, the way that you perceive, the way that you communicate. I think this full moon is going to bring that process to a head. And it could be that that happens while there are ideological or philosophical debates being had or uh, breakdowns in communication or that you're reaching a peak moment of needing to separate yourself from some kind of belief that you've held in the past or that someone else thinks you ought to believe. So I think of this as a moment of individuation uh, mentally, maybe emotionally and mentally at the same time. Uh, it has to do with um, kind of reclaiming your individuality, especially as a, th as a thinker. So that's the, to me, that is the, the probably the, the simplest way of summing up what I'm seeing from this full moon um, in the third house. That's your first transit of the month. And I would watch for that, especially peaking around December 7th. Now, I would also just add, I guess, peripherally that karma around siblings can come up too. Uh, all right. Jupiter into Aries, which happens on the 20th. Now I'm going to move this forward a little bit to the 20th. And you'll see Jupiter entering your first house around this time. Now, to me, this is uh, a very promising moment because whatever you've just been through, with regard to the third house Mars retrograde full moon moment, I think it's building confidence in you. Jupiter entering the first house is the feeling that I can do this, that I can start something, that I'm gaining confidence in myself. And remember, the ruler is that Mars retrograde. So whatever process you're going through, it's as though it's helping you gain personal momentum reaching this flashpoint when Jupiter enters Aries, which you've already been through in the past year, right? You know, Jupiter entered Aries, retrograded out. Now it's coming back in. I wonder if this month for Aries, uh, especially right around the solstice here, uh, this is December 20th, doesn't constitute a call to action, uh, maybe a call to arms mentally, verbally, intellectually, uh, but there's a mobilization of energy, effort, will, and inception, uh, it's an inceptional place or a starting point. So I like this for you as, as just um, a good energy, like the wind at your wind at your back. Um, and I think it's a very supportive one, but it may also 
be coming off from the, the mobilization of Mars uh, at the full moon, kind of mobilizing that energy somehow. And then finally, the new moon in Capricorn, which is happening toward the end of the month. Now let's go, we'll go a little bit more like this. And here we go. So you can see that there's this conglomeration. Here's the new moon, and then Mercury is going to come in, uh, closing in on the uh, retrograde, which happens right around the 29th into the 30th. So this period of time from like the 23rd to the 30th, there's a lot of focus on the 10th house. That's the career house. So although the changes feel like they initially in the month belong to mind and identity, and they're very energetic and vigorous, and they have to do with who you are, what you think, what you're taking a stand for. There's this immediate correlation at the end of the month with a new moon in your career house, followed by a very potent Mercury retrograde in the career house. So it's as though these changes instantly want to translate either into your work or profession or workplace or how you show up in the world more publicly. So that's why I'm seeing this trifecta of um, transits for Aries rising. Um, all right, let's move on to Taurus. And now Alex is going to take the wheel and I will put these up in order for you, Alex, and do the highlighting. Go for awesome. it. Awesome. So we're going to start out with this really powerful full moon in your second house, which is uh, money and resources and uh, the things that you feel support your uh, your physical life. And I would see this as a... Um, culmination point in clarifying the way you might feel about your money or feel about your finances or the emotions that are tied to the way you think about your finances. Um, <clears throat> this is definitely a point where it might've felt very murky with Mars moving through the squares to Neptune and, you know, coming out of this, I think the full moon is going to bring to a head and clarify, as Adam's saying, I like that idea of bringing to a head and clarify some of the ways that you might be feeling about your resources and any ways you're taking or wanting to take action on those. So that's what I would say for the second house with the full moon. Nice. Let's go on to the second one. All right. Jupiter and Aries. He's We're going to get into your 12th house. Here we go. We'll get it. There we go. It's teed up for you. Oh, awesome. <laughs> Uh, so Jupiter, you know, I would say Jupiter entering the 12th house. This is really interesting because I think that this is a time where you can explore different mystical philosophies and different uh, types of more esoteric or intangible spiritual philosophies, but also to check out like where your belief or philosophical system may have um, been born out of secrets or things that are hidden. Um, and maybe this is a time too with Jupiter moving through the 12th house that it sort of brings to light uh, things that have felt hidden for a long time or things that have felt like kind of under the surface and helps you reintegrate a new philosophy once those things have come to the surface that um, heads you in a really uh, nice new direction. Jupiter in Aries is definitely a planet that's going to get you heading out in a new direction. So that's what I would say for that one too. Nice. Let's go to the third one here, and I'm going to kind of just, I'm going to take it forward to the 23rd, um, which we won't drag it through every single day, but the 23rd through the 30th here. So you have this new moon in Capricorn in your ninth house. Um, this is a time, you know, I think that it's really interesting that you've had Jupiter's ingress into your 12th house, and now you're getting this new moon with Mercury retrograde in your ninth, because this would, to me, signal going back over different types of um, 
philosophies or religious, maybe religious practices or uh, even educational educational uh, venues that you've been through, going back over or uh, re-understanding those through Mercury retrograde, and um, possibly also seeking out wise counsel. One of the ways I always really like to describe the ninth house to clients is it's a place where we seek out people who give us wise counsel, and that. Um, you know, with that ingress into the twelfth house, it might be a time that you're seeking out the guidance of, of a of a guru or a spiritual teacher or a therapist or someone who has specialized knowledge that can be of benefit to you. So I really like this chain of event for Tauruses. Definitely, it's interesting. As a Taurus rising, I was sitting there being like, okay, this this sort of perfectly reiterates the crisis of faith and questioning that I've been through personally in the past couple of months and feel like is still going on, though, in a very new way now that I've kind of um, left my faith tradition and, and kind of moved into a new sphere. So I was just sitting there being like, oh, man, that's the, he's describing perfectly some of the elements of, of certainly how I've been experiencing the, the energies. Um, Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. It, you know, it's yeah. funny because people will always ask, they'll always say, is, is it OK if I've already experienced some of this? And it's like, yes, because transits are not only introducing something that's like brand new, but they'll often bring things to the surface, right? That have been yeah, sort of, they're, they're, they're percolating, you know? Yeah. There's sort of an intention to transits too, I think, which is really interesting. You can kind of, there, there's like a wave that precedes them sometimes that culminates yeah. with the actual transit. Yeah. That's a really good yeah. point. Yeah, totally. Um, okay. Let's go to Gemini and I'll take this one. Uh, so we've got, if you are a Gemini, we're looking at this full moon, which is actually going to come through. Um, whoops, here we go. I have to do a little zipping around here. We're looking at this on December 7th. This is in your first house. So a process of self-reflection, a, a process of self-refinement. So you think of someone reflecting on their psychological nature either through events or with a therapist, or maybe their physical nature at the gym or through a diet, or maybe they're letting go of being too strict with diets because they need to, you know, you know whatever the case might be, physical, emotional, psychological self-reflection has been in the air for you since Mars entered Gemini. And at times, I think you could be hard on yourself with Mars and Gemini in the first house. You could be directing some of that energy at yourself in a way that's not always constructive. Um, I wonder about a full moon joining that Mars and shining light on has this process of self-reflection been healthy and helpful or has it been critical and, and at times, you know, self-harming even. I wonder if this is also a time when the, the process of self-reflection is somehow reaching its blossoming moment, the insight, the realization, the shift, the decision that needs to be made to follow through with a, a process of interchange or reflection that's been taking place for a while now. So that's how I would look at that one. Um, number two is Jupiter going into Aries. And we will, let me just push that along here. So you can see this is right around the solstice. It's going to be on the 20th into the 21st. Here's Jupiter entering your 11th house in Aries. Um, as this Mars, Jupiter is Mars in Mars ruled sign. Mars is in your first house retrograde. You just had the full moon. How is this process of self-reflection, personal and identity or physical transformation, how has that made you aware of some new group of people that you want to be around, some new culture or community that you want to be a part of, or maybe a change that needs to be made within one? I think that this, in other words, Jupiter entering the 11th, given the ruler of Jupiter and Aries is Mars in the first, could have some ramifications on uh, your social life. 
groups, allies, friends, colleagues that you belong to that are either cooperating with and helping you uh, to, you know, reach your and achieve your goals and ambitions or maybe hindering you. But there's something new that wants to get started there. And it's intimately related to the personal changes you've been going through. So that's how I would read that one. And number three is the new moon in Capricorn. We'll take it forward to this piece of the month here where you can see all the planets lining up. This is in your eighth house if you're a Gemini. So soul contracts. When I see this come through at the end, and I know that the eighth house is called the esteem of other people. So much of the eighth house has to do with what other people give us or bless us with or withhold from us, whether it's their approval or their liking or their resources or their love, whatever it is, people are either giving us things or withholding things in this house. I wonder right now how the personal and social changes that you're trying to create in your life are having ripple effects. People are saying, well, I'm going to withhold something from you because I don't like how you're changing um, and the new path that you're setting out onto. Or it could be just the opposite. You could find that people are saying, I want to support you. I'm so impressed with the changes you've been making or the new direction that you're heading in. Um, but I wonder how conversations with other people in your life and what they are giving or withholding become a really important part of the picture here, especially toward the end of the month. Soul contracts, you could call them, being in the spotlight. So that is what I have for Geminis. Let's move along to Cancers. And Alex, you're back up. I love that idea of self-reflection in the full moon, Adam. Just wanted to say that quickly. That's really, that's really interesting in the first house. I didn't it's consider that. Such a full moon in the first house thing when people become yeah. full of this reflective quality. Yeah, that makes sense. Makes sense. All right, Cancer. Let's see. Cancer rising. You are having this full moon uh, in your 12th house. So this is actually, I really like this moment for you because this is, um, this is, uh, you know, at the midpoint of the Mars retrograde cycle and highlighting where, you know, as we're heading into the second half of the Mars retrograde here, um, where you're clarifying where there might have been uh, uh, sort of action that needs to be taken to uh, draw stuff out of the shadows, to understand uh, subterranean subconscious material, um, to uh maybe take action towards you know understanding more metaphysical ideas and more metaphysical uh more metaphysical realms or that sort of idea too but bringing the full moon here in the 12th house i really like because it brings a lot of light and clarity especially to the emotional sphere and to the psyche around those ideas it's a really nice moon to have in that house here's number two i love that that was a great interpretation oh thank you and I'll right. move this along now so we'll get to Jupiter entering Aries. The 10th house. All right, so Jupiter going into the 10th house. This, I think, is just a really amazing inception point for your career. Jupiter tends to bring the better angels of life wherever it goes. Um, I think, you know, zero degrees, Aries being the very first degree of the zodiac, this might be a time where you're either beginning something new at work or that has a lot of momentum and uh, grace behind it. Might be a time where you're actually, you know, beginning a new job or a new career altogether. Um, but something that maybe has, you know, where you're really feeling more committed to a mission and something that, um, sort of uh, lets you uh, fight for something that you have a, a sort of a noble cause uh, behind. So I think it's a really, really positive sign for the career house to have Jupiter and zero Aries there. Definitely. And then we have um, 
It's coming down the home stretch of the end of the month. All right. So we got your seventh house. Oh, Cancer Risings. You've had a the Cap the Capricorn party going on there. Um, so <laughs> we're we're winding down Capricorn a little by little. I don't know but, if it's a party. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Party it's a metal Capricorn party. style. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> It's a very studious party. It's a very studious party. Um, right. Yeah, you know, so, yeah. So I would say like, you know, with the new moon beginning here in the Mercury retrograde, reconsidering going back over, you know, which you probably are well accustomed to over the last few years, your ideas around relationships, marriage, and sex. Um, the, you know, discovering, especially with Mercury retrograde, how you're thinking about and com your relationships, communicating in your relationships, particularly potent as Mercury is pretty close to, to Venus in the sky here too. Um, but uh, a sort of new beginning that might feel a little delayed because Mercury is retrograde and really get some steam going when Mercury turns retrograde, uh, turns direct in January. So, you know, probably stuff that you're all very, you're very familiar with, um, that you're getting a, one more pass at to really reconsider how am I thinking about and communicating and, um, bringing those ideas into relationship that might also concurrently be um, related to these different uh, revelations you're coming out of in the 12th house with the full moon. So that's yeah. a, that's an interesting stallion there for the seventh house. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. I like that. Um, all right. We'll push it along here. The Capricorn party is left the building and uh... <laughs> they're back to studying. All right. <laughs> I feel uh okay here we go full moon we're now we're on leo rising so i'm sorry i was getting myself oriented here and i'm going to bring this back to december 7th so um you know what i think there's a simpler way of doing this and i'm going to do it next time okay so here we have uh all right so for leos the first major transit of the month is the full moon with Mars in the 11th house. It's a, you know, it's a social place. The 11th house was, is associated, for example, in Indian astrology with mentors, um, but it's called the joy of Jupiter in ancient Western astrology. Jupiter is obviously a planet associated with teachers and mentors, but more broadly speaking, the 11th house was associated with allies. Well, Mars in the 11th house can be associated with conflict within communities or groups or among colleagues or with mentors or teachers or people who would normally be um, helpful to you may at this moment be harmful or people who you normally get along with there could be more conflict with you may be revising old you know um, uh, old fights basically old drama could be coming up in that uh, 11th house area. It's all coming to a head right now as the full moon comes through. So what are you learning about this? What choices or changes do you have to make based on the social uh, the social conflicts or drama that you might be experiencing? Now, on the other hand, I think that at times, Mars in the 11th house will speak to the things that we're doing with other people that constitute a an, an, like an effort, like a, a cause or a, a mission or a greater purpose. We're going to war with Mars. You know, it doesn't have to be a literal war, but there's a cause or a sense of um, hero, hero, heroic purpose. So 
how is how are how is your sense of purpose and the social the people that you are connected to through your um, sense of purpose? How is that changing right now? And this is a moment that would be bringing some of those things to a head. Uh, number two is Jupiter into Aries on December twentieth. So here we can see that that falls into your ninth house. So this is ruled by Mars in the 11th house. So it makes me wonder, could this moment of social revelation, asking questions about cause and purpose and alignment or allegiance with others socially, professionally, be related to some kind of shift? Um, I'm going back to school or I'm uh, becoming more devout or religious or spiritually focused, or I'm adopting a set of beliefs or practices, or, or I'm a renegade who's taking off from a group or circle because my beliefs differ and, you know, they're causing me to go, as I said, you know, I was looking at Jupiter and Aries yesterday and I said like, I'm going to do my own damn thing. That's sort of Jupiter and Aries motto. So Jupiter and Aries in the ninth house, I'm going to believe my own damn thing. I'm going to think in my own damn way. And could that be connected to what Mars is doing in that very social house of groups and, and allies and colleagues and so forth? So that's something to think about. And then number three is the new moon in Capricorn. And uh, let's take a look. Let me just adjust this just a little bit. So here we have the new moon in Capricorn coming through and then all the way through the end of the month, Mercury turning retrograde so that December 23rd through 30th period in your sixth house. Now, I wonder right away, whatever you're doing, could it be the beginning of a great work, a great undertaking that requires sacrifice and hard work and diligence and discipline? Because you got this huge stellium there in the sixth house. As Jupiter enters the ninth, Mars is retrograde in the 11th. It, you almost get the feeling of like, you know, a group of kids coming together and going like, we're going to build a tree for it, you know, and, <laughs> you know, like. And, and, and why? Because there's, it's, it, it, you know, maybe you don't have an ideology formed as a kid, but you're, you're already, th you know, because this is the worthy goal, you know, it has like a, and then it's like, okay, well, now we have to actually do stuff. We got to go gather material. Jimmy's dad has to get like his saw and Jimmy's dad's kind of an asshole who drinks, but we got to get it. You know, it's got to happen. It, I feel like, you know, it's yeah. like, yeah, what, totally. do you have, yeah. what do you have to gather to get something done that might be really hard work. And, and that's kind of how I would look at it for Leo's right now, some sacrifice required to get where you want to go um, or some hardships or frustrations that are coming up and trying to dampen the enthusiasm that's coming through and that you have to, you have to hurdle those somehow. All right. Well, Goonies those are never say die. Goonies that's all never, I can hear now. Dude, totally. never say die. Totally. That's it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right. You're up and I'll put uh, let's, I'll get your full moon up here for you. Awesome. So, um, you know, I just want to say too, with Leo rising with Jupiter going into the ninth house, one thing that has been coming up for me just quickly is I've always tried to figure, you know, what is my spiritual philosophy? What is this? Do I, am I a this? Am I a that? And basis, I'm a Buddhist, but honest, honestly, I've been thinking lately, I'm like, I'm just what I do. I'm just what that is. I'm doing my own sort of way of synthesizing that all together. And that is exactly what's coming up with these Jupiter transits and Aries. So super, uh, awesome. super interesting. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, so we have a full moon conjunct Mars retrograde in your 10th house. So this is interesting in the career house. I think that this is a time where you would um, 
if there have been conflicts in and around your job or there have been um, maybe even if it's just internal um, and, you know, a full moon might highlight more of those internal uh, uh, emotional co conflicts that are going on in the psyche. I think this is a moment of clarity. I think what might have felt very unclear about that um, it, at the beginning of the Mars retrograde cycle, at least this is the beginning of some clarity starting to show up uh, around that for you and beginning to, um, again, maybe lay the foundation or the groundwork to take action um, on a new direction when Mars starts turn, it, it turns direct in January. So that's that's a really cool full moon to have in your career house that I think should start to bring some clarity for you there. Nice. All right, so and you know what I did? I just... I set the chart so that it stick it sticks with Virgo rising, so um, <sighs> it won't move. So it's like the the uh, the first house will stay Virgo. So I was like, I just that that's a fix so that I don't have to be constantly adjusting it. Is it fun? We do readings. And I've made like my clients dizzy going back, <laughs> spinning the wheel. I know. <laughs> right? um so we have jupiter entering your eighth house so yeah just like adam was saying you know this the soul contract place where people give or withhold um i often will liken when i'm working with the eighth house and clients to credit and debt ideas mm -hmm. um the feeling of being indebted or the feeling of um maybe having you know calling in a debt or or whether usually it's like sort of a karmic or energetic idea or maybe feeling like someone owes uh, you know you owe somebody else you you owe something to somebody else um, Jupiter here in this house, what I really like for you about that is Jupiter can bring some cohesion and some healing to any imbalances that you've been feeling. I'm just coming out of Jupiter in the eighth house. Um, and that has been a huge, huge, uh, period of forgiveness and sort of, uh, amends and different ideas around past relationships or past, uh, energetic interactions where I've brought some balance back. So. I think it's a really nice positive sign for the eighth house and, and rebalancing that part of life. I love that interpretation of Jupiter in the eighth house as like forgiveness and amends. I, I, I've never heard it put quite that way, but yes, that's like, that's, that's exactly it. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. It's just coming off of Jupiter and Pisces doing that for me. So it's, it's been a big yeah. period of that for me too. Yeah. Oh, that makes total All sense. All right. So we, yeah. Um, let's see. Oh, fifth house. All right. So, um, this is, uh, rediscovery going back over a new period for you that might feel like a few weeks of retreading while Mercury's retrograde of understanding your relationship to pleasure, to joy, um, to art and creation, um, to sensuality and sexuality. Um, it can also bring up some ideas around the way you're thinking about or relating to your children. Um, you know, different conversations you're having with them. Maybe you have to have a conversation more than once, or you're going back over a conversation you've had with your kids. Um, but uh, the fifth house generally tends to bring about those sorts of ideas. And uh, I would definitely look at karma if those who have children definitely, or you're thinking about, maybe you're, you're considering having kids and you're, you're reconsidering all the sort of fundamentals before that happens. So um, those are some good fifth house things to chew on, I think, for Nice. Virgo risings. Yeah. I feel like the, like Virgos can have this complicated relationship with pleasure. And I feel like that yeah. Capricorn in the fifth is part of why that is. So that I think yeah. that that's the thing that really catches my eye with that one. Yeah, um, for sure. Let's see here. Okay. I'm going to, whoops, you know what, why it's not, why it's not shifting. Cause I said it so that it couldn't. All right. Let's, <laughs> let's do Libra. All right. So now 
we're going to go back to all right, so we have for Libra sun or rising, we're going to start with that full moon, which is landing in your ninth house. Now, to me, I think it's interesting because um, it would it just makes sense to me, given how considerate of opposites that Librans are. They are the domicile of Venus, uh, but they're the exaltation. Libra is the exaltation of Saturn. And Saturn is the planet associated with the opposition and with the tendency of things to polarize into either or black or white. Have you ever noticed that Libras love to wear black and white or black and white photography and stuff <laughs> like that? Um, you know, th this is, it makes total sense that Gemini would be in, in such a soul's ninth house because it's also, a, a, when it comes to beliefs, it's going to be more interested in the multiplicity of beliefs and ideas, the exploration of beliefs and ideas, maybe a skeptical quality, healthy, not agnostic. I think it, it tends in that direction. It's not that a Libran doesn't have faith or values or anything like that. It's just, it's an, it's naturally that ninth house Gemini is going to be more open-minded, but Mars is not so open-minded. Mars tends to like di direct lines. Um, so it's interesting when Mars is in Gemini because one of the results of a Mars retrograde in Gemini in the ninth house could be that there are there are three or four different ways to get where you want to go, but defining where you want to go is still important. Knowing what you believe, knowing what you want, knowing what you stand for, and then finding ways to express that open-mindedly or finding ways to get there, multiple different paths to arrive at the same place. I feel like that's something of the process that might be happening for Libras right now. Um, and that, that reflection upon some kind of mental, intellectual, spiritual, philosophical process seems to be at the heart of this full moon. Now, the second transit for you is Jupiter's entrance into Aries, which is going to happen right around the 20th. So, oops, we'll just advance it a little bit more. That enters, that means Jupiter's entering your seventh house. What I find interesting about that is that then we can see, well, the ruler of Jupiter is the Mars and that connection between the place of beliefs and consideration or reflection upon your thoughts, your ideals, your philosophy is somehow informing the appearance of Jupiter into the house of marriage, love, relationships, and so forth. Um, is this a meaningful time of revision or reflection that's going to help a relationship to be easier? to make a compromise possible? Or is this a time where you're reflecting on your beliefs because you realize I can't compromise on some things and that's going to come to the surface or come to a head somehow within a relationship? I think those are two possibilities to watch for. The other one would be just more basically that you're meeting someone who's really charismatic or enthusiastic. Maybe they're passionate about something or they're thinking or believing the way that they think or, or what they believe in or what they stand for is contagious somehow. It could be a very charismatic person or quality just entering love life. Being challenged, your faith being challenged by someone else too, your ideas or thoughts being challenged. And then finally, we have the last period of the month is this new moon and then the uh, confluence of the Mercury retrograde. Whoops, I need to push this along just a little bit more. So New moon in Capricorn, followed by Mercury retrograde in Capricorn, all lining up in your fourth house. That's the place of home and family, of roots. Um, 
how how have your ideas and your thoughts been shaped by your upbringing? That might be a question right now. How are marriage? How is marriage and family and relationships and whatever's happening with Jupiter entering the seventh? Um, how are those things tied into your past, your the family that you were raised with, the way marriage was modeled to you in your home? So you can see some overlap between home, family, marriage, and beliefs. In other words, um, but the stellium down there in the fourth house could also be about you know, really earthy, practical things like, you know, I, I need to, um, you know, fix something that's broken in the house. There's a, a, like a paint job that needs to be done. I mean, sometimes it's just really practical with earth signs in the fourth, but, uh, any process of looking at your roots, your family, your home, your upbringing psychologically, and maybe the overlap between that and marriage or philosophical or intellectual beliefs and ideas could be coming up right now. So that's how I'm seeing those things all tying together for our Libras. It's uh, a really cool idea, Adam, of like, you know, Libra and Gemini being related by the house is like the way that the belief is structured, right? That there's the two sides to it or the, the opposite or Virgo with Capricorn in the fifth house. That's, I've never thought of it in that way before. That's really, really cool. Yeah. You know, actually, I think it's it's always there to be looked at in that way. And I, I've known it has been, but I've been sort of lazy about it. And uh, in the past year, I've gotten more interested in those connections because um, I've spoken to a few friends who are Indian astrologers. And in Indian astrology, the connections philosophically between houses or planets paired in different houses called planetary yogas are mm -hmm. like really well hashed out. And so mm -hmm. I just, I feel like it's a dimension of my it's it's i always tell people i feel like you get better with complexity as you go on like and that's just a level of complexity that I, it's only like in the past year that my brain has been starting to make more of those connections without i don't like to try to force connections like well there's something there so i'm gonna force right. it out it's like I, I like any kind of craft or technique to start clicking because it's just like i start seeing it you know what i mean yeah yeah and it makes a lot of sense in the context of those sorts of charts for sure yeah for sure yeah all right, let's see. We got full moon for Scorpio risings. We got that happening in your eighth house. Um, this is an interesting turning point here too, because you know what I, what I could imagine with Mars moving retrograde in the eighth house is um, going back over where there may have been some conflict in the past that had to do with um, you know the way other people saw you, or you felt the way other people saw you, or maybe having a um, a view that other people saw you in a way that you, you didn't like or something like that that's being re uh rethought of here and this full moon really bringing this to a head of really seeing like you know beginning to see clearly as you sort of clear some of the um the feeling of challenge around those ideas um and i think that the full moon you know the full moon is really highlighting for us this month whatever mars has been doing in the first half of its retrograde cycle the full moon is really giving you a, a good stamp on this the spotlight on to see what's going to going on around that um so i'd also say too you know just seeing where there may have been some uh uh conflict in and around the feeling of what you owe or feel you're owed from other people and like that beginning to either be highlighted and then beginning to find some way towards resolution maybe the inception point of that begins now with that in the eighth house nice um yeah yeah and then we're moving jupiter into your sixth house so you know jupiter moving into aries in the sixth house would be you know 
maybe bringing some, uh, you know, some understanding to the beliefs you may have really, really ingrained in around hard work and things being hard and Jupiter and Aries being a way of sort of realizing like not if you, especially if you have a lot of planet planetary placements in the sixth house, things don't have to be so hard um, that Jupiter can actually begin the inception of, of a magnum opus of a something that, you know, is going to take a while to come to fruition but is well, well worth the work that you put into it. And you really can't ask for a better planet to be moving in to help you with the beginning of that process at the very first degree of the Zodiac. Um, so moving into the sixth house, I really like that. And it's possible that in the beginning, as Jupiter goes into the sixth house, in that it's helping you to clarify some of those ideas that have been going on in the eighth around credit debt or those sorts of ideas in the eighth house as well. And let's see. So we're going to be in the third house in Capricorn. Yeah. So, oh, interesting. So this is interesting. And you know, I think that, you know, with a new moon followed quickly by Mercury retrograde in your third house, this is definitely a place where I would be thinking about um, what you have learned again. You know, I think that that, again, relates to this idea with Jupiter going into, into your sixth house too, is like, what, what have you learned maybe through your education around ideas around hard work and how those ideas might be being reworked? Um, it's definitely a place where there, you know, with Mercury retrograde, there might be a revision of communication with siblings or cousins, um, or something that's going on even in your neighborhood, that there's a, um, there's a, something that's being brought back over or viewed in and around your neighborhood or your condo building or something like that, that, um, is bringing also to light these ideas from the sixth house and the eighth house. So it's possible that this is all interlinked at this time of, um, finding your way to a solution that may not be immediately apparent, but that will become clearer as you sort of move through this second stage of the Mars retrograde after the full moon that helps to sort of like, I think that's going to be a massive clarifying period for all of the house, all of the signs. Nice. Yeah. <clears throat> I like the idea of having to problem solve with, mars retrograde in the eighth and with mercury retrograding mm. in the third like simultaneously like that's a really nice take on that um let's see here okay let's whoops i'm gonna put our next we're going to sagittarius next so okay uh number one is the full moon that's going to be happening earlier in the month around december 7th so this full moon is taking place in your seventh house love relationships i hate to say it but if there's been conflict brewing it may spill over or may boil over whatever the right image is um probably boiling over with mars and the moon um the also things becoming visible that have been invisible or secretive mars is the 12th house ruler you've had some eclipses in the 12th house i'm just thinking about that right now and this mars retrograde process sometimes will bring up the things that people that, that especially your loved ones close they're close to you that think but don't say that feel but don't know how to articulate which could be a really good thing to have come out could also be painful to hear what people are withholding or even at times destructive if people are withholding secrets that are harmful. Um, I think the other main thing that I would look at would be uh, 
just how are you how are you having how are you handling conflicts uh what kinds of conflicts are coming up which are worth having and which are not worth having how is your partner or loved one changing right now so those kinds of things probably come into a head with that full moon uh the numbers the the second one is jupiter moving into aries and that for you lands jupiter in your fifth house it's right around december 20th um, if you're a creative type, Jupiter entering your first, your fifth house in a fire sign will often initiate the start of a new creative endeavor. So that's great. Like pregnancy as well would be indicated by Jupiter entering the fifth house in a fire. I mean, usually a water sign is sort of like the top, like, like, you know, most textbook pregnancy would be like Jupiter entering Pisces or Scorpio or Cancer in the fifth house. But Aries is a cardinal sign of spring and um, could very well be like, a, you know, newlywed couple, you know, within the first year they get a dog and then that means the next year there's a baby, you know, so something like that comes to mind, a big accomplishments uh, within your kids' lives or, you know, kids joining a sports team or something uh, could also be that the need or desire to take risks in the name of pleasure, like I want to go skydiving or something. I mean, just, you know, that, that need for sort of outlaw pleasure, um, maybe a little impulsive and reckless, but I think exciting. That's uh, Jupiter in the, I'm suddenly I'm going to get into high stakes poker. Okay. Well, good luck. You know, <laughs> uh, you know, like, uh, but I totally. think the reason yeah. that I mentioned a little bit of caution around that particular endeavor would be because the last transit of the month that I'm looking at, the new moon in Capricorn followed by Mercury retrograde in Capricorn, say the 23rd through the 30th, is in your second house of money and finances. So whatever Jupiter's up to in the fifth house, there's this immediate conversation around values, money, resources, time, energy, and how you spend it. Um, income and expenditures come from the second house. Uh, I like a new development happening in that second house. I'm not exactly sure that Jupiter in the fifth house is the best one to be leading the charge because sometimes Jupiter in the fifth house will be like, I've got the greatest money-making idea in the world. And like, well, what is that money-making idea? We're going to make new, a new, a new never used bowling ball. It's like, all right, what are you, know, what are you doing? This is so, I feel like Jupiter is so inventive and so youthful and sort of naive and I would say follow that impulse if it's translating into something around business or money or finances, even if there's a little bit of a risk involved, so long as you've done that careful Capricornian planning and due diligence and so forth. Um, because I think Jupiter could be a little on the, um, yeah, just a little impulsive in the fifth house in Aries. On the, on the, on the flip to the other side, just to be fair, you don't want... Capricorn to come in as the grouchy get off my lawn part of your psyche that's like <laughs> you can't have fun it'll cost you three shillings you know or, or whatever so you know just kind of balancing those voices around money and pleasure and creativity um, things like that so all right anyway that's what I've got for my uh, sages I'm gonna put uh you like to get off my lawn that was good huh that was yeah <laughs> listen kid you don't get that baseball bat <laughs> exactly it, it came on my lawn too many times no <laughs> oh my god cap that's capricorn personified so okay yeah. let's see um, here all right let's see what are we doing i got Mars, all right full moon going on in the sixth house so, so this is capricorn um, sun and rising by the way i forgot to say that Oh yeah, Capricorn Sun rising. We've got uh, Mars uh, retrograde hitting its midpoint uh, with the full moon in your sixth house. Um, 
I think that this is definitely a time where if you feel you've been struggling, it feels like things haven't been able to get forward momentum. It feels like you've kind of been bogged down um, since Mars has entered Gemini, especially your will has felt bogged down. Um, this is a time where you might get some insight as to why that's happening internally, especially, you know, when we're talking about the moon, you could say in the outer world, that's really, you know, that can be related to ideas around the family or the home, but in the inner world, really the psyche, the emotional sphere, the more intangible spheres of the inner world. Um, so you might be getting a little bit more insight about like what it feels keeps getting pulled down or what it feels like tries to get going is getting pulled down. And that will definitely start to, uh, you know, it's probably probably starts to turn around by by when Mars starts to go direct. Um, that's a it, Mars is also in its joy in the sixth house, so um, there is some good analytical executive action that can be taken once Mars turns direct. You might just be in a review period right now around. Nice. That's sixth house. All right. All right. Where are we? I told, oh, there fourth. So we got Jupiter moving in. Is that the fourth? Yeah. So Jupiter moving down into your fourth house. Are really interesting. So I think this is, you know, what what may have it might be that what's going on with Mars is uh, sort of highlighting something that has bringing up stuff that has come around your family of origin, around your dad or your parents' um, land or ancestry or connection to ancestral lands. Um, or your, um, you know, it might be also that Jupiter is helping you reformulate a new cohesive philosophy around the way you may have seen your early life uh, with your family of origin, or the way the philosophy of your family. You know, families have you know what has happened in the family, and then there's sort of also sometimes the myth of the family has too, or the story the family has. So there might be a, something that's shifting or changing or a new realization that's coming in around that uh, with Jupiter going into your fourth house. Nice. And uh, then we have in Capricorn. So in your first house, oh, Capricorn. So you are, you are going back over, honestly, I would say the way you think about yourself and the way you probably, you know, with Mercury, with this new moon that's happening, very close to Mercury retrograde. Mercury is very close to uh, both Pluto and Venus. The way you think about yourself, the way you communicate from maybe a place that is um, sometimes scary, but is deeper and more authentic. Um, the way you communicate in relationships or even how you're thinking about relationships and how you're communicating um, your uh, sort of uh, authentic wants within a relationship within relationship. I'm just thinking about that with Mercury next to Venus, but also like a new way inception of yourself, uh, a new creation of yourself and Capricorn risings. You've had a lot going on in your first house for a while. Um, this might be the beginning of a turning point in how you see yourself and how you understand yourself and emotionally and psychologically as well. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. It's a big one for Capricorns at the end of the month. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. Last little stretch here. We've got Aquarius and Aquarius and Pisces still. So let's put Aquarius mm. on the ascendant and I'm going to try to unpack this one a little bit here. So let's go back to December 7th. This is the full moon that'll be coming in with Mars retrograde. Now, if you're an Aquarius, this lands in your fifth house. Um, 
to me, one of the most compelling things I've ever heard said about the fifth house, which came from uh, one of my Indian astrology friends, uh, said that, you know, the fifth house is the joy derived from your dharma, which would be like what you're good at who and who you are, just kind of like your the station in life that you're born to, which is not always obvious. Like sometimes we have to really search to figure out like just what does it mean to just be me and to do and be the things that I'm good at. It's a pretty existential time with Saturn in your first house and has been for a while. Um, with Saturn with Saturn and Mars having recently trined in Mars's retrograde from the 5th to the 1st, and with this full moon, I wonder if right now isn't bringing things to a head with respect to who I am and what brings me actual joy. Um, what feels like a hassle? What feels like a bother? What feels like a frust frustrated place in me? In, and maybe that there's a frustrated place that needs to get loosened up so it can express more easily or naturally. Or uh, what have I been trying to do that just isn't me? And that's why it's been frustrating. I think Mars with the full moon, Mars retrograde with the full moon, both sort of trining that Saturn, it's existential, but it's also about joy and, and pleasure. Um, could be also that patterns within your own psyche are being enacted by, repeated, or changed by your children. Um, I would guess that the the mirror that you're looking into right now with respect to your children, our children can definitely be mirrors, just like a spouse or a lover can be a mirror. You're looking into that mirror and you may not love everything you're seeing, but it could be really useful feedback and it could be a really constructive time for both you and a child. Um, so those are some of the things I'm seeing there. Let's go on to Jupiter moving into Aries on the around the 20th. So when that I love happened, that about the Dharma, Adam. Oh, yeah. yeah okay. Wow, that's cool. beautiful. Yeah. Isn't that a nice way of putting it? I always like really stuck with yeah. me. Um, so Jupiter going into the third house. Um, to me, again, like I, I wonder if that aha moment, given that Jupiter's moving into Aries, Mars is sign. We just talked about Mars in the fifth. Could whatever, you know, whatever that that personal process is. And however it's related to, am I joyful or am I frustrated? Am I happy and um, in self-expression easier? Does it feel sort of inhibited? Whatever's been going on there, I think translates to a change of mind, a, a need to communicate or express yourself or or think or differently that Jupiter and Aries will conceive of and need to push forward aggressively once Jupiter enters Aries. And then you also think with Jupiter in the third house of the uh, of the mind that um, the, the need or desire to learn something new. Like, okay, I'm an astrologer and let's say, you know, I have this transit, I'm an Aquarius rising. I could very well see myself feeling like, you know, I'm, I'm partially doing what I love, but maybe there's some new skill or some new tool that I need to add to my kit in order to keep growing because I'm feeling like I've plateaued or like a musician who plateaus or an athlete that plateaus. Okay, well, go study with this person who can give you something new, some different way of holding what you already know, and then it reignites everything. So I think Jupiter and Aries is acting like that, even just metaphorically, but perhaps literally. Um, now let's go to the new moon in Capricorn. And this is the last sequence. And for Aquarians, you know, you, you this sequence for you is happening in the 12th house. So it's happening in a very shadowy place or a place that's not always well understood or very conscious. It's 
you know, it's the thing that's gestating inside, the thing that you're pregnant with in the unconscious that you don't even know about, that you may be laboring with. And it's like, you know, wouldn't it be, you know, sort of like, wouldn't it be nice if when we were in the process of laboring with something psychically that we had it as, as obvious as a physical symptom? Like, you know, when someone goes into labor, it's like, oh, well, all of this crazy, you know, gestation and shift in my body is happening because there's a child in me. It's like, that's so obvious. Well, psychically, that happens to us often in the 12th house, but you you think you're going mad or you think you're just frustrated or whatever. You don't realize. No, those are contractions. Those are psychic contractions. So this is like the 12th house. And, uh, you know, this period from December 23rd through the 30th, it's like you're you're starting to, something is going into labor psychically. And um, that, that labor is fruitful and beautiful, but it's also something you're wrestling with. It's an, it's an angel you're wrestling with in, in a, in a womb like space in the psyche. So that's what I would start to look to at the end of the month for, uh, for Aquarians. It's very existential for you because the ruling planet of all those Saturn is remember it's in your first house. So it's something in this makes sense. You're finishing Saturn up, finishing a long time of Saturn being in the first house as this is also taking place in the 12th. That moon cycle is one of just a few before Saturn finally leaves the first. So seems like you're ready to give birth to a new version of yourself. Okay. Cool. And let me put Pi Pisces. Oh, oh, my sweet Pisces. I know. Right? Sweet Pisces. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So it. let's go to December 7th. Let me get you teed up here. Awesome. All right. So Pisces rising. You have a full moon uh, conjunct Mars retrograde at the midpoint of its cycle in your fourth house. So um, this is a place where you may have uh, been going over uh, that there may have been uh, conflicts or or, or uh, disagreements around land or, or ancestral land or or uh, maybe with your family of origin or around stuff that was going on in your family of origin that there's a there's a highlight of some emotion around that maybe that begins to show a way towards a resolution um and it also could be that you know maybe you're considering um you know where is your will as an individual within the context of what you may have uh inherited from your family where do you where are you sort of individuating in some way from um ideas you may have learned from from your ancestry where are some of the places that you're, you're going to take some um beautiful action that is congruent with those ideas too it might be that you're taking action in a rediscovery of something with your your from your family of origin or your ancestry that you're want to are actually really excited to take some action on that you're discovering under this full moon or that's beginning under this full moon so i love that for you um and then we've got let's see we're gonna have Jupiter is Jupiter's moving into your second house. Money, honey. We got some money, honey. Nice. <laughs> um, you know, Jupiter moving into the second house. Um, that can be a really good signature for finances. You know, that, that's your second house of resources and finances. Jupiter tends to expand. 
Um, you know, it could be that what you're rediscovering from those ideas from your fourth house, from from family of origin, from those sorts of the basis of your life, or even just in the fourth house too, the root of who you are, the basis of who you are, is giving you new ideas that will bring an expansion uh, to your finances. You know, I think just kind of riffing off what Adam was saying earlier about Jupiter and Aries, one thing you do want to be mindful of is Jupiter and Aries can make it any idea seem like an amazing idea and can get really carried away. Like, Oh my God, this, I have it. I have it. So it's really important. I think it's actually kind of nice for you that Mars is still retrograde as Jupiter's making the ingress. Cause it makes Mars a little, it gives Mars, uh, Jupiter's host a little bit of, um, uh, muting and it helps, it helps to sort of think things through a little bit more. So got that going on. And then we've got Capricorn uh, in your 11th house. You have a new moon in Capricorn, quickly followed by Mercury retrograde. This is definitely something where you're uh, beginning something new in and going over your professional or social uh, networking relationships. Um, the way you work within groups of other people, it might be that you're, um, you're reconsidering the way you speak to people, you speak to or think of people who you consider allies or friends. Um, I often see a lot of stuff at the 11th house when when changes are being made in somebody's professional network. There's there's some sort of shift going on in somebody's professional network. So some new beginnings there, but also uh, some Mercury retrograde period where you're reconsidering or going back over. Maybe something that feels like an initial new beginning in that new moon takes a few weeks to sort of process through and then get some traction going again in January when uh, Mercury turns direct. Nice. Nice. We, we did, it. did it. We got through all 12. That was great. Awesome. Yeah. Um, thank you, everybody, for listening. I hope that this was helpful for you. Thank you, Alex, for being here. That was awesome. Um, oh, thanks, Adam. It was great. You know, people, I like to be transparent. Uh, people know that I am not a huge fan of horoscopes. However, horoscopes are the gateway drug. Um, a lot of new people or people who don't know a ton about astrology um, love horoscopes. And I don't blame people for that at all. It's like, it's like what can you handle? Where, where's your level of interest? And people are at all different places. But I have found that, you know, for me, being able to like alternate with Alex today and not having to just go through every single one myself, but being able to trade off that is super, super helpful for me in doing a horoscope video because as Alex is talking, it's generating all sorts of new insights and ideas in my own process. So I find that conversation when it comes to horoscopes and uh, when it comes to the monthly overview, which we're also recording together this month uh, for December, is just super helpful because, and I'll tell you, you talk to a dozen astrologers who write horoscopes regularly, which I did for a long time, or who record them regularly, is that it can feel really, really monotonous. And so, you know, I think that like one of the things that I'm really excited for in doing this um, cooperatively is that it doesn't feel that way. Like this to me today, I was in a totally different zone because I got to sit back and watch one of my colleagues do his thing and then kind of like give me some ideas about where I could go. Uh, so I just love this. Thanks for being here, Alex. Oh, thanks, Adam. And same here. It's just like, I, I always learn so much and it's really fun to riff. And um, 
Yeah, it's just always nice to be able to, I think, you know, I, I've said this before, astrologers are very much like yoga teachers in that we sometimes can get into our own little worlds with our screens and our, you know, yeah. <laughs> and when we get to actually, you know, and spinning the wheel. And um, when we actually get to interact and talk astrology and kind of hash things out together, like it's just, it's really, really awesome. And I just learned so much doing that. So thank you. It was really fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Me too. I feel the same way. Well, if you guys want to get in touch with Alex, Instagram is Alex Amorosi Healing, but the new website is out too. So you can go check that out. It's alexamorosi.com. Book a reading, check out his work. Um, fantastic to have you here again. Last thing I will close with today is don't forget everybody that we are in the process of um, developing our support, trying to reach 1,608 backers through our Kickstarter. And uh, you can find the link to the Kickstarter in the description of this video or in the comment section. When you go there, you can choose a reward when you donate and support our channel in 2023. So thank you guys very much. And I hope you guys have a great rest of your day. Take it easy, everyone. Bye, everyone.